0: Hello and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message.
1: Don't get those things from our work from our society, from our family, and sometimes we don't even get it from our church. But I can tell you where it's found. It's found in one person. It's found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came to this world and died on a cross 1,987 years ago this next Friday, if we would have our time frame exactly right, and went up Calvary's hill, and was crucified on an old rugged cross, gave his blood, not because he had done anything wrong, but because he loved me and you enough that he would have given his life, had I been the only person in this world, he would have died for me. But he did more than that, he died for every soul in this world, that God could receive that soul. And we've got satisfaction in Christ tonight. We're happy in Christ. We may not be happy in our job or content in our normal everyday life, but we have something in Jesus Christ that makes us satisfied. I am satisfied with Jesus Christ. There is a hymn that has those words in it. Nicodemus was not satisfied. He realized that something was missing in his life. Here he was, one of the leaders of the church, or the synagogue in that day, or the temple, but let's use the term church, one of the leaders of the people who believed in God, but he had heard the word of Christ. He had listened to this man preach and teach, and he began to realize that something was missing. So one night, he could stand it no longer. He had to find out what was wrong. When you come to the point that you can't stand it any longer, you'll come to Jesus Christ too. You've been there, haven't you, some of you? When the Lord gets you to the point that you have no other way to turn, you'll turn to Jesus Christ. You'll resist for years, maybe. You'll say, I don't want anything to do with that gospel they preach up there at the Olive Branch Missionary Baptist Church. I don't want to listen to all of that singing. I don't want to see all of those tears flow. I don't want to see and hear shouts from some people of the congregation. That's nonsense. But listen, the day will come when you will get the message or you will reap the results of your sin. We proclaim Jesus Christ and Him crucified for the sin of the world and there are some people in this congregation tonight who in the last few days are new testaments to that fact we're praying there will be some more tonight and as the days go on in this church this church is a soul saving station because first of all we love Jesus Christ and secondly because we love each other because he loved us And we're going to proclaim that, not just during six days of revival or seven. We're going to proclaim it each day of our life. Are we not? We're not going to stay on the top of that mountain. We're going down in the valley. But we knew there was a day in our life when we knew something was wrong and we weren't satisfied and we found satisfaction in Jesus Christ. If you're not satisfied with your life spiritually tonight, You'll find that satisfaction at the foot of the cross. Nicodemus had to come one night. I think he came in the middle of the night. I think he got so bad he couldn't stand it any longer. And he got out of his bed and he sought out the Lord. It says at night, it doesn't tell us what time of the night. And he came to the Lord. And he said, Lord, calling to think of him only in terms of a man, I know you're from God. Because nobody could do the things you have done unless God has sent him. Let me tell you, I know that too. I know the Lord Jesus Christ came from God. Because there is no other person in this world has ever known that loved me enough to die for my sins. And I'm saved tonight, not because of what I did. I'm saved tonight because of what Jesus Christ did. Amen. He comes, says, Lord, Rabbi, Teacher, not Savior. He doesn't know that term yet. You've got to be from God because nobody can do the things that you're doing unless God is sinning. But the Lord saw through this And he could only think of him in terms of a good teacher. And the Lord said, I say to you that unless one is born again, he cannot even see the kingdom of God. Born again? What does that mean? We have been preaching born again salvation for a long, long time. One is not born into the kingdom of God by all kinds of mechanics that sometimes we see churches preach to say so many Hail Marys or to, to say a, a liturgy of some sort or go through some mechanical method. We preach that salvation comes by a new birth. You've got to be born again. And Nicodemus didn't understand this, and so as many people do not understand it, and I'll tell you, you won't understand it until it happens. And then it will begin to make some sense. Then you can begin to understand what the Lord was talking about when he said you've got to be born again. So Nicodemus said, I don't understand this. You mean to tell me that a man can enter his mother's womb again and be born the second time? Go back as a little baby, back to a fetus, and have the whole process over? Physically? No, that wasn't what Jesus was talking about. Now look in verse 5. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. There are churches who misinterpret this. There are many people, and you have heard them, And maybe you believe this yourself. If you do, I want you to notice, really, what the Scripture is saying here. Many people think that this means you've got to be born of baptism. You've got to undergo the waters of baptism to be saved. Now, carefully look at that and see if that really is what that says. Born of water and of the Spirit... He cannot enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water of the Spirit. Go back down now to the sixth verse and notice the parallel that he gives that explains it so easily. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Of course, he's talking about the parallel between a physical birth and a spiritual birth. A physical birth is a birth of water. We all know that, who who have studied any kind of anatomy. When the water breaks, the baby's coming. Right? We have known that. It is a physical birth. He who is born physically will die physically. But he who is born spiritually will never die spiritually because he has eternal life. That which is of the Spirit is spirit, and the Spirit doesn't cease. We talk about physical death. And we all physically die. But listen, if you're born again, you don't have another death. But if you are not born again, you're going to die the second time. Second time. That person who is not born again will one day stand before the judgment throne of God to give an account of himself. And the question is going to be why are you a Christian or are you not? Have you been born again? And there's going to be no evidence of that second birth. And without a second birth, there is no eternal salvation. But with a second birth, one is a Christian. One is saved, one is God's child. Now he says, don't marvel that I say you must be born again. What he's saying is, don't get hung up on saying, I don't understand that. In verse 8 he said, I can explain to you the wind. The wind comes from here and goes to there, but I don't understand that. If we can't understand simple little things like the wind blowing, how do we expect to understand what God does with his spirit and a heart? We can't. Too many people want to know all the answers first. Let me tell you, if you're looking for all the answers to all the questions that are in this book before you make a decision, you'll never make one. This book is so simple, listen to me, it is so simple that a little child can understand perfectly the need for salvation and know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins. And a little child can understand that and receive the Lord Jesus Christ a lot easier many times than adults. But this book is also so complicated that no man could even spend his entire life studying it and begin to understand the slightest little bit about God. He is so far beyond man's capability to comprehend that we can only have a little inkling of what he really has for us. Jesus goes on to say in verse 12, If I told you earthly things and you don't believe, how do you expect to believe heavenly things? Verse 13, no man has ever ascended into heaven except he that came down from heaven. What was he saying? He's saying simply this, there is only one person that can understand all of those things that originate from the throne of God. And who is it? Jesus Christ himself. That's the only one. Therefore, we cannot come to the Lord saying, hey, I need to understand the rebirth because it's beyond our comprehension. That's exactly what Jesus told Nicodemus. Nicodemus, don't try to understand the rebirth. You can't do it. There's only one who can understand it, I, he, the one who came down from heaven is the only one that can comprehend it. Could you imagine explaining nuclear energy to a caveman? You can't even explain it to me, and I have any idea what you're talking about. Parallel that to God trying to say to our poor little feeble mind who hasn't had any capability of comprehending anything that's taken place in heaven, and say, hey, don't you understand this? No. To the wise man Nicodemus, Jesus said, Don't spend your time trying to understand it. What did he say? Spend your time believing it because I said it. We must take Jesus Christ on faith. That's exactly what he says in verse 15. Notice it. Whoever believes in me has everlasting life or eternal life. You see those words? We are not saved by our knowledge. We are saved by our feeble faith. Whoever believes will have eternal life. And look at that most familiar verse. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him What? I have everlasting life, yes. How is one saved? By understanding the new birth? Oh no. No, one is saved not by understanding the new birth. One is saved by believing that God is right and that God will perform what he promised. He will give you the new birth by your belief, by your acceptance. Remember the man who came to Jesus And asked for some healing for his uh, child. And Jesus said, I will if you believe. And the man said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. It wasn't very strong, but he was going to hold on to what little bit he had. Listen, when I was a little boy, I believed in my father to the point that if he had told me to jump off a high building, And that he would catch me, I would have jumped. A father needs to have the confidence of his child because he has demonstrated that he is always faithful. You men who are parents need to instill enough confidence in your children that they will do what you say because you say it. We both need to have enough faith in God Almighty who made this world and who gave His Son to die on the cross of Calvary that if He says, I will give you a new birth, we ought to take it just because He promised it to us. Faith, belief, not works, not acts, not something I do, not something even I understand. I just do not understand the new birth. And I'm glad I don't have to the Lord told me I don't have to understand it. He told me right here in in the words of Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you can't understand this. Nobody can. Just believe it. Take it on faith. And that's the thing I'm asking you to do tonight. I never even picked up my notes. I forgot I had them. I don't know if there's anything I was going to cover in those notes that I didn't or not. We'll forget it now. Too late. Uh, listen if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're not saying that you ought to understand. Not at all. Matter of fact, we're telling you you can't understand. That's what the Scripture says. We're just asking you to accept Him in faith and let Him do it those of you in the last few days who who took that step can testify to that fact. Some of you had some terrible time making up your mind to do that, didn't you? Until finally you took that first step. You did it on faith, not upon what you do, not upon what you are capable of. You just said, Lord Jesus, I don't understand, but I'm going to accept it on faith. I can understand that much. On faith. I'm going to let you do it. And somehow, something happened. Something happened. A heart was melted. That old hardness that you've been demonstrating was gone, and the soil was fertile. And you simply said, yes, I'll take you on faith. And Lord, you're going to have to help me because I don't have too much of it. I saw those tears roll down your cheeks as you felt the love of God come into your hearts. You know what it was? Those of you who have not had that experience yet, you can have it. But only one way. Only in one way.